When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the interview. My name is Andrew Damelin, and today's guest, St. John's Maverick, uh, proud resident of Houston, Texas, and Raptors 905 Swiss Army Knife, Justice Winslow. Justice, thanks for doing this. No problem. Glad to be here. All right, so the first question I always like to ask as we go along the journey of yeah. everyone with the Raptors 905 is what is your first vivid basketball memory? Uh, my first memory is, uh, I want to say, like, second grade. I was playing um, at the YMCA, and I was playing with my brother, so I must have been playing up. Um, but it was, like, the championship game, uh, and we tied, and I threw the biggest fit because uh, we didn't – there was no overtime or anything. So I just remember throwing, like, a big tantrum in the locker room, and that's, like, that's my <laughs> – Big, my first, I guess, big basketball memory, and like you know, I guess that's where the competitive kind of competitiveness kind of started then. And you've been playing with your brother Josh for forever. You know, you were on his high school team when you were a freshman as well. But continuing along in, in your youth, um, one thing uh, Coach Spolstra said about you, obviously, you were drafted by the Heat, is that you have this crazy amount of curiosity, this desire to to, to learn things. Is there an origin story? Is there an influence? for that curiosity um i'm not sure but i think just like one big thing my dad taught me growing up was if you don't know ask some ask somebody um he would say that in his louisiana twang mm. um and yeah i just really took that to heart but um I, i've just been whether basketball or academically in school like i've just have had great teachers and mentors and like they're constantly pouring knowledge into me so like i've, I've constantly been searching for more knowledge on my own whether that's reading more books now or watching more interviews on YouTube or more film. It's just uh, I, I do seek seek knowledge and have a curiosity about it. Um, a bit of a wanderer as well. Um, so I guess that kind of plays into the curiosity as well, too. When I say the name Beverly Mosby, what comes to mind? Um, one of the greats, one of my ancestors. Uh, she was the grandmother of one of my teammates, um, since third grade, she's been, you know, our team mom. And um, unfortunately, she passed away from a stroke um, when I was in high school. So she's someone that means a lot to me that I still carry with me today, uh, whether spiritually, uh, emotionally as well. So um, mostly good thoughts. You know, obviously her passing is sad, but um, I think just her selflessness is something that I try to embody, you know, whether it's, um, you know, she wasn't well off by no means, but, you know, she scrapped money to, uh, make sure we had money to go to concession stands, kids that weren't hers, kids she were, wasn't responsible for. So um, it just shows a lot about her character, and, and that's you know a lot of that I try to embody myself today. And um, I actually have a have a jaguar here on my leg, a tattoo. The Houston Jaguars from yeah. grade three. Um, and I recently um, I recently bought a red like 1987 or 89 Jaguar. Um, and I, I named it Beverly. So, um, yeah, I love that that red that red Jaguar. 
That's beautiful. That's beautiful. All right, so you continue along. We get, let's get to the freshman year of high school, St. John's. You get to play with your brother, Josh. Yeah. And your first ever dunk was an alley-oop pass thrown by your brother. Can you take us back to, what is this, 2010, maybe? Can you take us back to when you're on the runway there, you're looking for a lob from your brother for your first ever dunk? I don't know the accuracy of that. Uh, I recall my last. But I read it on first, the internet. It has to be true then, <laughs> if it's on the internet. Um, nah, that, that story, I'm not like too certain about. But my first dunk, I do remember, it was in, I think it was eighth grade um it was like on the playground and and we were just messing around and i was like man i'm gonna really go try to dunk this and i did it um but yeah uh i'm sure my brother threw me a lob or two in in high in high school as well so um if it's on the internet it's true so we'll go with that one as well <laughs> and one of your favorite memories you said is winning a, yeah. what, a conference championship with your brother in that freshman year but i want to go i think this was your senior year um playing Kincaid in the final yeah okay so if the I was just looking at the YouTube highlights and first of all that gym Houston Christian High School it seemed like there was an incredible atmosphere there but I think the score was 41 39 41 39 just a scrappy yeah. early 90s NBA battle but you were fouled you head to the free throw line I think at 41 39 I remember this so is this your first set of pressure free throws in this young career? Do you remember stepping to the line and trying to process everything before you, you know, put up those two free throws? Um, yeah, there's just been there's been special moments in my career where I've I've asked for help at the free throw line from those ancestors and and spiritual people that we we've, we've spoken about a little bit. So that was one of the times, and I definitely remember the first free throw I got a. I think I split those. You did. You I did. split those, so I would be guessing I made the first, maybe, but I don't. I don't know. I think I might have made the second. Um, and then they came down. They actually got a good look from three. I think I screwed up and helped off someone, but they you did the shot. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that. I'm in hug, big hug for my mom after that one. So you win multiple uh, conference titles, I think, with with St. John's, and then. You probably remember the recruiting class in 2014. It's an absolute joke. Uh, Julia Okafor, Carl Anthony Towns, Miles Turner, Kelly Oubre, Tyus Jones, Justin Jackson, Rashad Vaughn, Trey Lyles, Kavon Looney, Theo Pinson, D'Angelo Russell, the list goes on and on. But you managed to go over to Duke, and you win the national title. And just watching the national title highlights, the, the one thing I noticed, and he's one of my favorite players today. Grayson. No, not Grace. He had a fantastic game, obviously. He was awesome. He was yeah. fired up. But Tyus Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I cover the G League. It's been my passion for the last six years. And so it's, it's a role-player league. How are you going to fit in on a team with the NBA? You're going to be a role-player. And Tyus Jones is my absolute favorite role-player. Yeah. So steady and so stoic. And it seems like you two have the stoic attitude is that how did he exhibit in, in a freshman national title game so steady is, is that something you saw in him even that early for sure like um he like developed this nickname like play off his last name jones like he he, he developed this nickname stones like you know mm. um tough as a rock or just rock solid and and that's really who he is he doesn't get rattled he doesn't get sped up um he's been the same player for 10 15 years obviously at the pro level you have to adapt and get better but this is who Tyus has always been um 
I think it's a supreme compliment. I don't use it as any type of knock, but he's a really good game manager. And, you know, you look at a guy like Tom Brady, he's not the most talented. He's not, you know, the most skillful, but he is a very good game manager, and he makes those throws and um, when you need him to. And I think the same is for Ty. It's like, you know, he's going to manage the game, and if it comes down to it and you need a big shot from him, um, he's more than capable. So, um, you know, I think he's one of the few kind of – traditional point guards kind of still left um and you know he's, he's made me a better player as well getting me easy shots so i've always liked playing with tyus i'll leave aside the tom brady being a game manager comment we'll, we will we won't get sidetracked i'd love to discuss football think, with you all yeah, day i mean we can another day another day <laughs> another day another we day, might get heat for that one but <laughs> but that's all right tell you he's, he's he's a great leader i i mean i i say it with the extreme amount of pride and like there's a lot of strength and confidence in that like nothing wrong with managing a game and getting and winning seven Super Bowls like that should be the trend 100% so you you're one and done at Duke you get drafted by the Heat and you go you've been on a journey uh since then let's make that an understatement um but uh, you gave the Raptors hell in a 2016 (laughs) playoff series I didn't really know what I was doing yet you're playing the five. You're playing, yeah, starting a point guard. Uh, you're covering Bismack Biombo. You had a funny comment. You said, I got Bismack Biombo paid. I got him paid. paid. <laughs> I did. Respectfully, he got himself paid by all means. But, you know, playing against a 6-6 rookie in this game six and game seven of the NBA second round, you know, I'd hope he gets paid. Yeah, no, listen, he's, <laughs> he stuck around. He was a fan favorite. And he's for still, the I mean, he's still around the league now. So, yeah. like, uh, my hat's off to him. But I think, you know, he a couple hundred thousand. I might, <laughs> might take on the get back. So that's your rookie season, and in your second season, uh, you suffer the first of a, of a number of injuries over the course of the next eight. And there's an athletic article by Jason Quick last year that I was reading last night that was so incredibly powerful, so deep. And I encourage everybody to listen to it. We won't rehash what was in that article, but it, it's, it goes through the last eight years, the, uh, the ups and downs, trying to get back from the lows of trying to come back from an injury and all the outside forces that were, that were bringing you down. And, and Justice, me and you have virtually nothing in common, but the one thing I'll say as a general statement is there's been darkness yeah. for both of us. Okay, And so I wanted to play a, a game here, and I think you'll, you'll like it. It's called Name That Tune. <laughs> okay? And... I think, and it's this is a song that I can barely get through talking without me getting emotional, and, I, and I, I bet you, I hope you recognize the lyrics from this song, okay? So let's see. Outside it's cloudy, but I like that better. Behind the wheel, but still can't find my way. Some people say they wait to live forever. That's way too long. Uh, I'll just get through the day. Oh, my gosh. Mac Miller. Um, man. I mean, it's the last two projects. It's one of those two. Yep, I would complicated. go. Um, yeah, complicated. Dang. Yeah, um, it's actually his birthday today. I've had the pleasure of uh, meeting Mac after one of his concerts in uh, Miami early in my career. Um, yeah, uh, I love the guy. I love his music. I love his presence. Um, you know, I only met him a couple times, but just from watching countless interviews and hearing stories, you know, he had this kind of contagious, positive energy, which is. Um, you know, tremendous when you think about some of the darkness he probably faced in his life. Um, but I love Mac, you know, that's my favorite artist of all time. And 
Um, his music got me through some tough times, and still to this day, if I'm having a slow day or if it's just a little cloudy outside, mm. you know, I might throw it on. But um, ironically, his birthday is today. So um, That is incredibly ironic. Yeah. I did not even realize that. So, you know, as part of this journey, you just, you know, Spolstra came to you and you went on this, um, I don't know if it was a retreat or whatever, but he hired this surfer, Laird Hamilton, to, you went through these breathing exercises. And my brothers are serial meditators. Yeah. And uh, they, they practice all the time. And you, the stuff you said, you speak much like my brothers do. You said that you found a higher frequency. Yeah. What's a higher frequency? Um, yes, I mean, there's, there's all type of energies around us. Um, every action has an opposite and equal reaction. Um, for every positive, there's a minus, there's a negative attached to it as well. Um, so just, I think that day I was able to elevate to like, you know, different energy fields, whether that's, um, you know, whether it was the meditation or the breath work, I think it just, it, uh, it dissipated anxiety or thoughts or it got me more present um maybe some negative emotions that were attached to things i was able to work through it during that practice or just be able to release it for the time being and um yeah when you get to those frequencies you just feel lighter you feel happier um things seem to happen easier for you you think less um so um that was one of my first times doing like an extensive breath work like that it was like 15 minutes of breath work um, obviously we did the swimming and the weights in the pool too, but, um, there's just the world, the earth is beautiful and I want to continue to travel the world as well. But California, um, Malibu, California, to be specific, um, Laird Hamilton's residence. I don't know the exact address or I'd give it out, but, um, it's, it's just a beautiful place to be doing the work he's doing, to be outside, to be with nature, to be with friends, to be happy. And so I think that day was really instrumental in showing me that you know you are capable of reaching this feeling or this frequency um and i wouldn't say i go around trying to chase that every day but i do you know i try to 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 get that feeling um whether it's through reading or whether it's through acts of service for others or hanging out with my son i try to feel that that lightness um and just the purity that i was in in that moment you mentioned nico Mm -hmm. you're you're he's now two years old yeah and my son just turned seven my daughter's four and certainly things change your perspective changes everything changes so you mentioned the uh the turning point with laird hamilton i imagine you know the birth of your son is is another turning point for you yeah um i think all parents can speak to it Um, you prepare for it and mentally you get the house right the crib the nursery um, but your life changes pretty instantly um, in that in that hospital room. So um, that day, uh, November fifteenth, two thousand twenty-one, um, my life forever changed. I became a father. Um, my son Nico um, was born. So um, just different perspective. You know, you look at life differently. Um, you still want the best for yourself, but now you know you have a whole other human to look out for. So um, it was a very timely, and uh, uh, it brought a, a lot of positivity to my life and my whole family as well so from that point 2021 you've i mean eventually you get to memphis mm-hmm. and another injury and here we are with the raptors 905 but you've talked about the sort of recovery process being a more positive process and we'll get, let's get back to basketball for a second <laughs> right yeah we forgot we forgot i was a basketball player right so 
I wanted to compare two plays you had. One is from just a week ago, and one is actually from five years ago. Um, March 2018, you're playing the Phoenix Suns. You're up by 22 points. With in Phoenix? No, in Miami. 20 seconds left. I think the you're dunk? By, yes. Okay, so you're, you're, you're half dribbling out the clock, but there's seven more seconds. Yeah, if you want to play defense, we could be playing offense. <laughs> so whoever's guarding you isn't guarding you quite the right way. You get the step on him. Marquise Chris steps into the lane, and you absolutely just crown him at the end of, at the, end of the game. Fast forward five years later, not quite the same play, but you're playing Birmingham. And I think maybe someone was fronting you, but you get like kind of an entry pass into like the mid post, and it's you 10 feet and the guy at the rim. And I'm like, what's, what's Justice about to do right now? If you remember, so if you remember how you finished, you, you, you rose up, absorbed all the contact, and banked in a layup. When you were on that runway, in terms of the recovery now, how you're feeling physically, is there a compare? What was the comparison to when you're on the runway in 2018 hmm. to when you're on the runway at that moment? Um, a couple injuries later, that's sure. the difference. Um, I think tactically, you know, some things have changed. I'm still trying to get my legs fully under me here. I'm still trying to kind of gauge and see where the ankle is. Obviously, it feels good, but it's it's not where it was before. Um, by any means so you know continually getting that that to feel better but um, for me it's just like understanding where my body is and like what's actually the smartest way for me to score it may not be be so much me jumping off one foot anymore maybe me playing more off two and a little bit more control and um, you know more foundational build in the post rather than just some springy and just running and jumping like I would at St. John's so I think tactically um you know, the first couple of games back in the G League, I've been trying to figure out where my body is, what it can do, how it respond. And I think, you know, 10 or so games in, whatever it is now, I have a better idea of, you know, how it's going to respond. Um, so I think against the Birmingham game, I don't think I was the plan was quite to dunk it. It was just to go seek contact. But I think, uh, you know, in that Phoenix Suns game, it was to tear, tear down the rim for sure. <laughs> and last one for you. How has this atmosphere at the Raptors 905 you know, you're going through your own self-discovery, what your body can do, but how has the coaching staff, especially Coach Curry, assisted in that you know eventual return to the NBA? Um, he's just created. Uh, Ek's just created a great you know atmosphere for for all of us just to blossom and continue to get better. And for me, um, he allows me to speak up, whether it's in film or in huddles. Um, he doesn't you know. We both can learn so much from each other, so um, it's never about trying to step on anyone's toes and we try to speak up, but he's just he's created a, a great atmosphere and a great platform for me to help lead these guys, and um, you know we have great side talk. Um, it could be in the game, it could be in the bus, um, little things here and there. So I think just our constant dialogue, um, and we're very uh, ego-less. Mm. Um, and so I think uh, when, you, when you're able to work with people that are ego-less, and um, just want the best for the group, you know, it pretty much handles things on its own. I love to hear it. And, you know, the team hasn't had the most wonderful start to the new part of the season, but there are good signs uh, on both sides, and there are great signs with you. So, Justice, I wish you the best of luck for the rest of the season. And whenever you make it to the NBA, hopefully it'll be sooner rather than later. And I just really appreciate the time. No, thank you, Andrew. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thank you.